Welcome to Proto, Dispatches from the Frontiers of Medicine, produced in cooperation with Massachusetts General Hospital. Your host is Dr. Bruce Bloom Esquire, Ashoka Fellow and President and Chief Science Officer of Partnership for Cures. Hormone replacement therapy has an 80-year history of being alternatively embraced and rejected. Why has the medical pendulum swung back and forth so frequently? And how might a new hypothesis about hormone replacement therapy change things? Joining us today to discuss this ever-changing area of medicine is Dr. Isaac Schiff, Chief Vincent Obstetrics and Gynecology Service at Massachusetts General Hospital in Boston. Dr. Schiff, welcome to the program. Thank you, Dr. Bloom. It's a pleasure to speak with you. As you've mentioned in your introduction, the pendulum swings back and forth as in some decades, estrogens have a very positive impact and the very same medications the next 10 years are considered to be dangerous. In fact, your very introduction has changed over the decades. We used to speak about hormone replacement therapy as if going through the menopause created a deficiency disease, just like hypothyroidism or an underactive adrenal gland. And we thought that by using the term hormone replacement therapy, we were replacing what a woman lacked. And now we don't even use the word replacement. We just consider it hormone therapy so that we don't think of menopause as a disease or even a deficiency state. Given that as a beginning, the pendulum, as you have mentioned, has swung back and forth for estrogen therapy as either being very positive or very negative. In 2002, the Women's Health Initiative abruptly ended the estrogen plus progestin arm of its clinical trial after researchers found that women taking the hormones were more susceptible to heart attack, stroke, breast cancer, and blood clots. As the editor of the journal Menopause, you advised women to go off the therapy immediately. Can you describe the findings and why it was important to change the advice women were receiving and tell us a little bit about this study? Back in the 1970s, estrogens were considered to be rather dangerous because it was found that estrogens caused endometrial cancer. We then learned that with the addition of a progestin, a progesterone-like agent, that we could essentially prevent the development of endometrial cancer. And then we learned that estrogens prevent osteoporosis, and in the 80s, there were a number of observational studies and retrospective studies that suggested estrogens prevented heart disease, so that by the early 1990s, estrogens were thought to be a panacea for every kind of disease to prevent numerous chronic diseases in women from osteoporosis to colon cancer to heart disease. But all the data came from retrospective studies or observational studies. It was at this point that there was a thought that the NIH ought to study this more carefully. After all, women were left out of many clinical trials. For example, the very important study that showed aspirin could prevent heart disease in men was specifically limited to men, and we never really learned whether aspirin has a beneficial effect in women. So by the early 90s, it was thought we ought to be doing studies in women as well. And the largest clinical trial, the Women's Health Initiative up to that time, was begun. And it was started in the early 90s with the idea 
of doing a prospective randomized controlled trial because up to then one of the complaints about estrogen therapy was that perhaps there was the healthy user effect. Physicians were only prescribing hormones to their healthy patients and therefore you would of course at the end find that the healthiest patients had the best outcomes. So it was thought that one ought to have a randomized controlled trial where there was no physician bias as to who was getting hormones, who was not getting hormones. And one of the issues about getting hormone therapy is that if a woman has hot flashes, the woman will be able to know if she was given hormone therapy or placebo because the hormone therapy receiving patients will have relief of their symptoms. Consequently, they selected an older group of patients to take part in the trial to see if the hormones would prevent chronic diseases such as heart disease or the others that I have mentioned. So how long did this study last and what happened when it was ended? Well, the study, of course, as the study is designed, the whole idea of the study is to also make sure that you're not doing any harm. So there are monitoring boards that review the data every year to make certain that no harm is coming to any of the participants. And a little after five years, the study was discontinued because the women who were receiving the combination of the estrogen and the progestin, the continuous combined form of estrogen and progestin, were the women who, instead of preventing heart disease, appeared to be having more heart attacks, more strokes, more breast cancer, and instead of it being a preventive, it looked like it was causing the very same diseases it was supposed to prevent. Dr. Schiff, some physicians believe that the WHI was a flawed study and that its results were misinterpreted, which is why it seems to contradict dozens of previously done observational and epidemiological studies that showed that estrogen reduced women's heart disease by as much as 50%. How do you feel about that and what were the differences? Well, when the study was discontinued, there was major publicity for its discontinuation. And so everything got painted with that same brush. And there was very little opportunity overnight for many of the professional organizations. If you're just tuning in, you're listening to Proto, Dispatches from the Frontiers of Medicine on ReachMD XM160. I'm your host, Dr. Bruce Bloom, and our guest is Dr. Isaac Schiff from Massachusetts General Hospital. Dr. Schiff and I are discussing hormone therapy. So, Dr. Schiff, the North American Menopause Society recently released a new position statement about hormone therapy, which addresses what's called the timing hypothesis. What is this hypothesis and why is it important? Well, now, once the dust settled and people were able to analyze the data a little bit more carefully, suddenly a new concept appeared. And that was the women who began the hormone therapy in their early 50s didn't have the same complications that the women who started hormone therapy at a later age. And so how are we looking at the conditions now when you use hormones? It is thought and theorized, and we have to wait for some more data, that women at age 50 
who've had their ovaries function until they stopped and the women went through menopause become symptomatic and have hot flashes. They see their physician. Their coronary arteries are essentially clean and clear of disease. They start hormones, and at that point, the hormones prevent the development of atherosclerotic plaques. If they don't start hormones, over the next 10 years or so, some of these women are prone to develop plaques. Then if they start the hormones at age 60 or 62 or 65, the plaques are already in place and the hormones, instead of preventing further plaque formation, may lead to the development of clotting or plaque rupture leading ultimately to a stroke or a heart attack. There is two things that would make it sensible for a woman to go on some kind of hormone therapy, and that is the timing of when it started and the quality of their cardiac health at that time. Is that true? Yes. I would say if you're going to start hormone therapy, what we've come to the conclusion is, is that where in the early 90s, I had patients referred to me by cardiologists to use estrogen to prevent further heart disease in their patients, I would say to you, that concept is over. We don't use estrogens to prevent chronic cardiac disease, etc. Where estrogen should be prescribed is for the very symptomatic woman, the woman who develops hot flashes that are affecting her day-to-day life the woman who has vaginal atrophy, which is affecting her sex life or causing other issues. For the symptomatic woman, one would use estrogen. To prevent chronic diseases, we have other agents that have proven efficacy that in many ways may be safer. And regardless of the timing hypothesis, as it might be called, and whether it's proven or not, some physicians are saying don't take this for more than five years, and only for relief of menopausal symptoms. Do you agree with that? Well, I think the reason why some physicians are saying don't take it more than five years is that there is some evidence that the longer a woman is prescribed hormones, the greater the risk for breast cancer. Some physicians do not think hormones increase the risk for breast cancer. I am concerned about it. And I think some of the data suggests that after about five years, the risk will go up for breast cancer. It doesn't double or triple. It increases by very small amount, but even a very small amount is enough to frighten many of our patients. I think that's why the five-year interval is usually mentioned. On the other hand, I must say that I have patients who have been on hormone therapy for 5, 10, 15, and over 20 years, and they make it very clear to me that they feel good on the hormones. They don't like the feeling when it's discontinued. And the major risk I see for the women who are on very long-term hormones might be the increased risk for breast cancer. The longer the woman's been on hormones, if she is going to have a problem with a myocardial infarct or a cerebrovascular accident, it most likely would have occurred earlier in the hormonal regimen. Hormone therapy seemed to have a lower incidence of colorectal cancer. Is that a true... That's a true statement. 
Okay. And then what about osteoporosis as we wrap up our interview? With respect to osteoporosis, if you look at the data pretty carefully, estrogens are probably the best agent we have at preventing osteoporosis and preventing fractures. The studies show that estrogens, for example, prevent fractures even in women who don't have osteoporosis. The WHI showed estrogens to be very effective at preventing fractures. And many of the other agents that are available, such as the bisphosphonates or the SERMs, have used very selected populations, women at very high risk for fractures, and even then, they don't show a dramatic improvement. Estrogens, even used in women with low bone density but not at the level of osteoporosis, have reduced fractures. So it's extremely effective, but when you discontinue the estrogens, that beneficial effect on osteoporosis disappears rather quickly. Would I use estrogen solely for the prevention of osteoporosis? I think in this day and age, most physicians would recommend that one go with the bisphosphonates or the SERMs prior to the use of estrogens because it's going to be long-term therapy and there are other risks of estrogens with long-term. But if I had a patient with severe osteoporosis who couldn't tolerate any of the other medications and she was relatively young in her early 50s, I think one could consider using estrogens in that situation. You've been listening to a conversation about the controversies and recommendations concerning hormone therapy with Dr. Isaac Schiff, Chief Vincent Obstetrics and Gynecology Service at Massachusetts General Hospital. Dr. Schiff, thank you for joining us. It's been a pleasure, and I truly enjoyed speaking with you. You've been listening to Proto, Dispatches from the Frontiers of Medicine on ReachMDXM160, the channel for medical professionals. Proto, Dispatches from the Frontiers of Medicine is produced in cooperation with Massachusetts General Hospital and Time, Inc. Content Solutions. For more information about this show, please visit reachmd.com forward slash proto. Let Proto Magazine take you to the frontiers of medicine. How might handwriting hint at disease? What really causes osteoarthritis? Who should be creating evidence-based guidelines? Proto Magazine, published by Massachusetts General Hospital, explores compelling breakthroughs and controversial ideas in the lab, on the wards, and in health policy. Visit our website, protomag.com, for your complimentary issue and to view the latest advances and updates in clinical research, basic research, and health policy. That's protomag.com forward slash reach MD.